RVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield and happy Friday to everybody. Made it through a kind of crazy week. We're going to look at what's going on in this week. And not only that, what's happening export-wise, supply-wise, movement-wise of this grain. Lots of things to look at on a Friday as Jeff Peterson is joining us. He is with Heartland Farm Partners. So I guess we got to kind of start out with the biggie. How would you describe the ins and outs of this week's market trade, Jeff? You know, that's a great question, Susan. And so we go back, you know, we had a crop report out and we've actually had some strength in the markets, but boy, we came into Friday and had a little pressure put on it. You know, December corn down eight cents, November soybeans down 12. Move over to the wheat complex, you've got Kansas City December wheat off 30. And then you move into your outside markets and, and you've got crude oil currently off about $3.34 a barrel. Meanwhile, you've got the U.S. dollar index just slightly higher. And in the way I describe it is the fact the market's wrestling. It still knows it has unknowns about the supply side. But yet it's it's also looking at the demand side and saying, you know what, are we going to see some more demand coming? And, and that's kind of that point we always get into the year. We get far enough into harvest. We're seeing some adjustments on yields, and but yet we're not yet seeing the demand and everybody's concerned of, you know, in all those different sectors on corn and beans, will it show up? And that, that's the situation we're in right now. And we also saw that WASDE report midweek. Uh, some not surprised by the numbers. Some were a little bit like increased uh, bean acres, for example. But as you look at all the things that have been happening, what type of adjustments do you see coming from these reports? Uh, a couple things we think down the road. We, we do think as we, as we dig in and look at the corn and bean yields and based off what we're hearing from our customers, we do think we'll see some smaller yields yet down the road. We think actually some of the later harvested, whether it be corn and beans, probably got hurt because of the dryness and the fact we just didn't see that range, range come in in August or even into September for that matter in most areas will come down. We also think we'll see some adjustments on the acres. So not on the planted side of the thing, and it'll be more so probably on the corn than it will be on the soybeans. But a couple things, we think the harvested acre number will come down some more. We don't think we've had enough of an adjustment there. And the reason we believe the harvested acre number will come down a little bit more yet will be the fact that we think there's some of these acres that have been zeroed out. So if they take them to a zero yield, they may not be harvested. We also think that there's more silage that was harvested out there just because we don't think the tonnage was there that uh, they normally would get off of an acre. So as a result of that, they probably had to cut more acres. And I guess as we move over to soybeans, we think we could see a slight adjustment on the soybean harvested acres. We do think there's a few acres that might get zeroed out, but but honestly, it won't be nearly as much of a, an item, I don't think, as, as we see on the corn side, Susan. So is it supply, is it demand, or a little bit of both the focus right now? Yeah, we're in that transition, and the market's still focusing on the supply, but it is very quickly moving its way over to the demand side. And and as we move over to that demand side, you know, it, it's definitely asking a lot of questions. Uh, there's many parts of uh, our normal demand mix. You know, you think about what is our demand factors. Well, we, we think about corn. We've got feed demand. We've got ethanol demand, we've got exports, and then over there on the soybean side, we've got the crush, and then we've got the export side. So those are all the different categories we're going to talk a little bit about, Susan. So looking at the exports, what is it looking like right now for corn? Yeah, that's a great question, and I kind of set the table for that and think about, you know, on the futures price, not taking into account basis, but on the futures price, we're setting um, about 34% higher on price than we were a year ago. So things are more expensive. 
We also sent him here in the U.S. We have a situation where our basis levels are very strong. And because of what we've been happening on the Mississippi River, it's also made our offer stronger because barge freight has been much higher. And so you bring that all together and you look over to the corn side, and when I look at what we have for total commitments at this time now compared to where our total commitments would have been last year at this time, Susan, this year is 48.5% of last year. Now, the other situation with that is the fact that you know, why is that happening? Well, our prices are higher here, basis is higher here, but also when we look back to, well, who our competitor is, well, a big competitor is Brazil. And Brazil had a, a big crop. They had way more bushels on that safrina corn crop than they would have had a year ago because they had some crop problems a year ago. So they've got bushels out there that they're still competing with, with us. The other item that we can't forget about is the fact that uh, in the in the off season here, so to speak, before they really kind of got into the exports of that safrina corn crop, uh, Brazil and, and China have been trying to work out uh, through their phytosanitary and export channels. You know what? When can China's go ahead and get access to Brazilian corn? It looked like it was maybe going to be at the end of you know this next crop year, which would have got us out towards the end of next summer. But no, it turns out here in December, you know, China will be able to start be buying corn from Brazil directly. Now, in the big picture of things, if, if they end up taking more corn from Brazil, you know, does that open up the door for us to export, you know, corn to maybe people that Brazil would have normally shipped to? Yeah, that's the possibility. It's kind of a similar type scenario to what we ended up having when we had some basically export restrictions um, when we were going through that war on, on soybeans with China, you know, on the export trade. So that's that's kind of what corn's looking like right now, Susan. Well, before we look at soybeans, I, I wanted to ask you, because you brought up the barge traffic, and I know that we do have a listener that has some concerns about barge traffic. And in the second half, we'll talk about the railroad side of it. But from a barge standpoint, do we see that putting more pressure, eastern or western corn belt? Well, I'd say definitely on the eastern corn belt. Now, the positive part about it is that there is a little bit of an improvement that's happening. Um, some of that is because of some of the water that came in from the, you know, the hurricane. But that's going to quickly pass through. And then down the road, I mean, they're going to continue. We're going to hear continual challenges of them having to dredge more areas along that Mississippi. And, and ultimately, but that's a bigger problem on the east. The one positive, there's probably some corn coming out of Illinois that has a home in Kansas, Susan. And we know that those cattle need to be fed, and I'd heard some talk of maybe even drawing some of that corn out of Nebraska. Well, when we come back, we're going to take a look at more demand as well from an ethanol perspective and the soybean side of it, and this looming talk of a possible rail strike still happening. More is coming up. It's the Friday edition of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. With 85 years of serving Nebraska farmers, Fontenelle Hybrids is still committed to helping you meet the challenges in every field. In farmer-managed trials over the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a 9-bushel per acre yield advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading-volume corn products. That's a 75% win rate. No wonder Fontenelle is called the best-kept secret in the Cornhusker State. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer to see what all the fuss is about. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and RBM. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation on this Friday with Jeff Peterson. He is with Heartland Farm Partners. So we were talking before the break about some export opportunities, and obviously that means in the shipment side of it with the concerns that there has been uh, with barge traffic on the Mississippi, for example. But there were some other areas that you wanted to look at within this corn export opportunities, Jeff. 
Yeah, there is. And, you know, so we've had some concern on the export sales side. We know we're lagging there and we know we've got competition. But one of the other things we've seen that's happening in here is that because of barge traffic, the, just the amount that we're actually getting shipped out. The And we look at every week on Mondays, we get export inspections. This week, because of the holiday, it came out on Tuesday. But what it looked like is that for this last week, we would have exported out about just a little bit over 18 million bushels. And to kind of put that in perspective, Susan, in order for for us to hit USDA's numbers for on the you know on the export sales side, we would need to be sending out about 47 million bushels per week. Now, to kind of put this in perspective, if we go back to when the crop year started on September 1st until now, um, year to date, we're down compared to basically last year 9.4 percent on the export inspection side. Now, USDA thinks we're going to be down about 8.1%. Now, we normally get off to a slow start, but this has got off to a little bit slower start. But So we'll be watching both the export sales and export inspections as we go down the road, Susan. So talk about the the continued uh, looming strike, shall we say. I, I know I've talked to a couple of rail guys, and they said as the numbers continue to come in, they still had three groups to ratify a yes or no vote, but everything we've seen so far has been on the no side, and it sounds like November could be pretty touchy. Yeah, that that is a concern because we know we'll be uh, well into our shipment of soybean side, and also as as that moves along, we'll start increasing the in, uh, need for, to ship out our additional bushels on the corn side, and that becomes an even bigger concern out there. If for some reason we wouldn't see the railroad uh, go ahead and agree to that agreement, and that's kind of what you're saying, you're saying there's some votes against it, then all of a sudden what we had been counting on to get those bushels to export, especially when we're seeing a slowdown on the barge side, that becomes an even more concerning item out there that you know the market will have to price in as we go down the road over to the uh, ethanol demand well the ethanol demand um you know it's the type of thing uh last year at this time ethanol margins were extremely good as we take a look at the uh, the ethanol numbers uh for this last week those numbers would have came out on on actually on thursday and and how those are reported is they're reported in uh, thousands of barrels per day and and actually the number was 932,000 barrels per day is what our number was um, to put that in perspective, that was about 9.7% below a year ago. And with the basis levels where they're at and with the margins where they're at, that's not too surprising. But uh, just to kind of put it in perspective in regard to how does that compare to a year ago, think about uh, going back to September 1st. So year to date, we're down about 1.8% compared to a year ago. And and USDA would have our demand off about 1%. Now, the thing we're going to have to watch going forward, we know basis levels are going to be strong out there, and and we do need to see that that the basically the crude oil and the ethanol prices you know make their way higher so we get some better margins in here so that we can physically see that ethanol production number. It's too it's too early to make an additional adjustment yet. But that's something that could happen down the road because part of the reason is overall the amount of miles that are being driven ultimately are lower than what uh, you know we were a year ago. Surprisingly, I guess, with the high prices of, of fuel, maybe that shouldn't be surprising to me. But that means we don't have as much uh, basically gasoline to blend into either, Susan. Soybean demand, I know that China has had some pullbacks, uh, but they've also been looking at uh, going to South America because our prices are too high. Yeah, well, soybeans are a bright note. Uh, as we compare basically our commitments year to date, and this will go back from the start of the crop year in September 1st till now, 
we're actually up about uh, 7% compared to a year ago. So that's a positive number, running 107% of last year. And, and then when we look at what we should see for export sales next week, um, it should be a pretty big number. About 2 million metric tons should be reported. Now, last year, though, there was about 2.75 million metric tons. But at least so far here, we are off to a, a slow pace on the shipment side. Uh, year-to-date, basically down about 23%. USDA only believe, believes we're going to be down about 2.8%. But the thing we do have on the soybean side that we don't have on the corn side is that at least we do have sales on the books, Susan. And sales on the books is always a good thing at this time of year. Yeah, it definitely is. Real fast basis, are we going to see any changes in the coming week? Um, I think we're going to continue to see some strengthening in the basis of many of our areas. Crops coming in a little bit smaller probably than what some would hope. So I think we're going to see some strengthening on the basis, Susan. All right. Sounds good. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff. Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com. You can sign up for some free daily commentary that discusses the markets and what we are thinking for supply and demand. You can get that delivered by text or email. Or follow me on Twitter at JeffPeterson01. And that's today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's a Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network. Network.